on the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to examine the question, what if everyone was just like me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good topic to do some self-evaluation to realize, you know, are we being all that we need to be as Christians? All right. The power of our influence is uh, part of the topic tonight. What's our influence like? Stay tuned. We're going to get started on that study right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. Josh McCord is next to me tonight. Josh, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Kyle's behind the controls at his uh, trusty helm. Kyle, uh, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. And uh, thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We want to hear from you. 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, and in the chat window to the bottom of your video feed. You can chat with other listeners there. We have um, Brian in California and Grant and Janie in Franklin, Tennessee, um, and other listeners that are filing in. So sign in and chat with other listeners on the program tonight. Kyle, or uh, Josh, this was... uh, a topic you suggested uh, that would be uh, worthy of a discussion, I think it certainly is, uh, the power of our influence. Yeah, Jacob, I think I think anytime we, you know, look at ourselves and see how we're doing, um, I think it's a biblical principle to sort of take inventory and see where we stand and see where we can be better and think about really how we impact those that are around us. And so I always think that's a good idea, maybe uh, – uh, just to do some self-evaluation tonight and think about how we're influencing others. Earlier today, a little bit later than usual, but we got it out to this today, um, an update email went out to our listeners uh, with some topics for us to consider on the program tonight. Number one, what does the Bible say about the power of influence? Give some examples of positive and negative influencers in the Bible. Number two, what are some ways we can be a bad example in the world, our families, and the church? And what ways can we be good examples in uh, the world, our families, and in the church? And number four, is it possible to live only to ourselves and not be an influence, either positive or negative, on others? Can we just sort of live in a vacuum? Is it just me, the only person that I'm responsible for me and everybody else can just see to themselves? What do you think about that? Let us know your thoughts on that as we go through the study tonight. Well, Josh, uh, the Bible says a lot about the power of influence, and um, we need to understand how serious that is. Yeah, agreed. I mean, there's a reason why we talk to young people about peer pressure, uh, and, you know, we are, at all times, we are influencing people for good or for bad, and we are being influenced for good or for bad, and so... You know, we have to we have to try to stay away from bad influences, not be bad influences ourselves. We have to try to be good influences and then, um, you know, take and learn from good influences, good examples and, and be encouraged by them. So really, it's a 
I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it can be difficult, but it's, that's part of life. And that's what God calls us to do in order to uh, be pleasing to him. But we, we are all the time being influenced and influencing. Yeah. And, uh, we're told to be very careful about that. Um, in Proverbs chapter 26, or sorry, 22 verse, uh, beginning with, uh, verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. The proverb writer says, don't associate with certain people, because you might pick up those habits. Right. And that's a, that's a, that's a real present danger for us as Christians, is that we could, we could be influenced by those who are not what they should be. Right. And it's really foolish to think that, oh, I can... Um hang out with people that are going to be bad influences on me, but it's not going to affect me. Uh, that That's very short-sighted thinking because people are going to influence you and who you choose to be around can, will have an impact upon you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the proverb writer is absolutely correct. Well, you talk about that idea of thinking, well, it's not going to affect me. I can deal with it. That's not what uh, God says. God says right. in Proverbs or First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three: "Be not deceived; evil communications or evil companions corrupt good manners or morals." Right. Evil company will have an effect. God says, "Don't think you're smarter than me." Right. It's going to happen. If you're around people that aren't what they should be, they will influence you negatively. Yeah certainly a danger um and it has happened over and over again and um and we've got to be aware of that we've got to be um um on guard against that those who are overtly wicked they have an influence on christians um in first in second peter chapter 3 verse 17 ye therefore beloved seeing you know these things before beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness over and over again, we see that we can be influenced for bad. Yeah, the Bible really makes it clear that um, we need to beware. Uh, you know, we need to take heed lest we fall because that can happen. Uh, and and this idea of influences who we're allowed, who we're allowing to be examples, bad examples in particular, uh, will cause us to fall away if we're not careful. Now we might be on our guard a little bit more heightenedly than uh, if than than others than when we're around evil wicked people maybe when we're the, around the guys who have the reputation for being evil we may be on our guard i'm afraid we're not on our guard like we should be when we're around those who profess to be religious mm-hmm. maybe even profess to be christians um i'm afraid we're not on on guard and um we uh we need to be so uh in uh Second, or sorry, in Galatians chapter two, Galatians chapter two, here is a Christian, well-known Christian, who was a bad influence. Galatians chapter two, beginning verse eleven. When Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Now here's a guy, you would have your you would let your guard down if you're around Peter, no doubt. But Peter wasn't what he should have been. And other Christians fell because of this even leader in the church who was leading people astray. He was a bad influence. And it wasn't a 
an overt and uh, thing, but he he was not what he should be, and he led others away. And this is happening today among Christians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our standard is is the Bible, and we're looking to God. Uh, one of the best influences, and maybe we'll mention that in just a minute, is Jesus. Ultimately, in all things. Uh, the best example to follow, but I think sometimes you're right. I think sometimes we look at others and and we start comparing, um, you know, and saying, well, you know, they're, the, you know, this person is Christian, but I think I'm just as good as he is, or whatever. And so, uh, then we sort of make the mistake of comparing ourselves by ourselves, and that's not wise. And then we look at their influence and say, well, I'm not everything I ought to be, but you know, I'm not, I'm not doing bad things like the next guy. And so that's not, that's the wrong standard. That is the problem because when we're around other Christians, we sort of guide, we sort of let that be the standard right. rather than going back to God's word. And right. so if if everybody's doing it in the church yeah. or in the group okay I'm around, it must be okay. And maybe yeah. we let that sort of we slide away from the standard, and they right. lead us that we're led astray. I was talking with a guy who's uh, a Quaker today, and he told me, you know what, you don't have to even believe in God to be a Quaker in the Quaker Church. You can be an atheist. He says there's Buddhist Quakers. There's Muslim Quakers. There's all kinds of Quakers. And that is a dangerous thing because what Brian in California says, he says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And that's talking about the church, by the way. That's not talking about being out in the world. That's talking about being in the church. We can be influenced for evil. We can be influenced to compromise Maybe maybe we're not going to go all, all all in, but we just compromise. We go along. We don't stand up when we should, and we've been influenced by those who claim to be Christians. Well, you know, the devil just needs to get his foot in the door, really. I mean, you know, I think I think we sort of want to be on guard for him kicking the door down and coming in well, and exactly. messing up everything. But he, just he doesn't needs, have to yeah. do that. Yeah, he just he needs has us to, to get all off. All he little. has to do is get you to compromise. That's right. Maybe not yeah. condemn sin like you should. Maybe not think it's all that bad. Well, maybe they well we can't we can't demand we can't demand exactly what the scriptures demand. We'll compromise a little bit. He's happy as can be. Yeah, yeah, he's got us because of the power of influence. Right. And maybe we're afraid to stand up. Maybe we're afraid. Uh, maybe it's not that we want to be like so and so, but maybe we're just afraid to stand up against so and so for whatever the cause may be. Yeah. We've been influenced, and that is a real danger. Eight nine three one three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com. Send your comments in the chat room tonight. We want to hear from you there. The power of influence certainly it is very powerful. The scriptures talk about it over and over again, and uh, we have to be aware. Um, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, as Brian mentions. First Corinthians chapter five, verse six, over and over again, um, we see that. Um, I'm thinking about. Um, Psalms 1. Uh, Psalms 1. Um, let me get there. Um, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. There's a man who's potentially subject to being influenced. As he walks in the counsel of the ungodly, he stands in the path of sinners and sits in the seat of the scornful. He's around those. We're going to be teaching them things that are contrary to God's word, and that's a certain danger for sure. All right. All right. Kyle, thoughts from you tonight? No, not yet. It's good. All right. Uh, Let's get a break, and when we get back, uh, Josh, the 
since we see that it is so powerful, our, uh, the power of influence is so real, so powerful, so dangerous, you know, on the flip side of that is, is so good. I mean, there's so much benefit from influence, and we can talk about that as well. Right. The question for us to consider tonight, then, is what would the world be like if they were just like us? And what are some ways that we can be a bad example in the world, in our families, and in the church? What are some ways? And maybe you might think, well, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm trying. But what are some ways that I could be a negative influence to those I'm around? We want to, we, we, nobody wants to be a bad influence if we're serious about serving God. What are some ways that we could be a bad influence towards others around us? We're going to get on that on the other side when we get back from this break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Studies back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Here's a quick thought. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11 Are you putting God's word in your heart every day? The psalmist is saying to store up the word of God in your heart. Now there's a plan to keep you from sin. It's what we do when we're not in God's word. So today's encouragement is to store it up. Seize the day. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and guide your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. And we are back on the program as we talk about the power of influence, and uh, the Bible is very, uh, very plain about the power of influence for bad and for good. And uh, we want to look at ways now that uh, that we can be a bad example. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that comes to mind. But, you know, one way that we can be a bad example is um, just neglecting to uh, hold on to the Bible and study it and read it and want to apply it in our lives. Uh, in Hebrews 5, beginning of verse 12, the Hebrew writer says, For when the time... For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so uh, I can be a bad influence on my family by not not reading my Bible, not studying it, not talking about it with them. Uh, really, if I'd show them that it's not all that important to me, then that's going to be a bad influence upon them. And so my kids maybe are going to think, well, the, the Bible wasn't all that important to Dad. Uh, you know, we never saw Dad reading it. We never saw Dad studying it or talking about it. And so it must not be all that important. And so that's going to set them up on the on a path to not be successful. Um because of what I did and neglecting the Bible. Yeah, that's really uh, uh, an important uh, thing for us to consider, Josh. You know, the, the scriptures teach us about um, about the importance of teaching our kids the scriptures um, and uh, leading our families in paths of righteousness. And if I'm not doing that, it's not just that, hey, 
you let down on the job, you're being a bad influence yeah. on your families, those who are most important to you. And you know the thing is, Jacob, it's really not even that I have to be doing something necessarily evil. It's just that I'm not taking the time to do something good, like read my Bible and study it and teach it to them. You know, if I'm just too busy working or too busy with extracurriculars or too busy with whatever, you know, I, the football game's on and, and that's more important and I don't have time for that. And then I've got my hobbies that I like doing and I don't have time for anything. I really, I mean, of course, I could be doing something something wrong, but really it could be something not in and of itself that's wrong, but I'm not making time for the right things. And that's a bad influence. So you're saying that I could just be a bad influence by just sort of being apathetic yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that's a that's a that's an important message for us to think about uh what's our attitude what kind of attitude are we displaying right and we can show apathy towards god and his word to our family to our children in all kinds of ways what about in our uh, in our assembly right in yeah. our in our faithfulness and attendance or in the way that we attend do we we just sort of squeeze it in last minute come in late um, act like we don't really care, blow out as soon as we can to get back right. home to what we're doing. What is that? How does that come off to our kids? Yeah. Yeah. And Hebrews ten twenty five talks about that. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're, we're commanded to assemble. And, Jacob, I know you agree, but if we if we can't get attendance right, I mean, think of all the other things that we're not we're not getting right. I mean, if I can't at least be here when the doors are open, um, you know, there's there's that's not that's not a good thing. And so, you know, there's a lot of other things. Sometimes the weather is really nice. You know, sometimes when you're headed into the services, the the weather is just beautiful. And you think I could be outside. I mean, there's I, my grass uh, needs to be cut, or I need to, you know, there's chores around the house need to be done. I could go fishing. I could. There's a lot of things. Um, but that would be a bad influence by putting other things above God because God commanded to assemble with the saints. Absolutely. 931-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. Talking about ways that we could be a bad or negative influence in our families. And uh, certainly our families are watching us and they see what we're about. They see what our priorities are. What kind of priorities are we displaying? Yeah. You know, another one I thought about, Jacob, was just praying. Um if I can, if I can get there, I wanted to reference First um, Timothy two, First uh, Timothy two and verse one. It says, "I exert, exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty." Um, and so Paul wrote to Timothy there about praying, and and specifically in verse two about praying for those that are in authority. Um, First Thessalonians 5:17 says, "Pray without ceasing." And so, if I can be a bad influence, if my family never, if we, if there's never a prayer uttered in the home, if we never pray together, if they never, you know, uh, if they never witness that being a priority, then that's going to be a bad influence on them because uh, we need to be communicating with God in that way. All right, absolutely. Um, and, and it is the most important thing that we ha- job that we have is, is our families and uh, and how we are leading them. All right. Any other thoughts on that? I think I got it covered. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things that we can be bad influences in, but those those are high points that came to my okay. mind. All right. What about in the church? Yeah, you know, so it's it's interesting. A lot of these or things sort of carry the gun. What about our uh, in the in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these things carry over. So. 
Um, you know, in the world, we can be a bad example. Uh, one of the ways that we can be a bad example is if we say one thing and then do another. You know, I think our, our influence, you know, in Matthew five sixteen, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said that we ought to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. But if I uh, am not the salt of the earth, if, if we are not conducting ourselves like the city that's set upon the hill, if we're just blending in with everybody else, uh, then, but I tell them, you know, hey, we're not supposed to do that or we're supposed to do this. You know, the Bible says do this or that, but then I turn around and do the opposite and I'm hypocritical. Um, then the influence I've set to them is, well, it's not that important. You talk about doing all these things, but you don't really do them. So I guess I guess I'm just as good as you are. I mean, I'm doing the same thing, so I guess we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I think that's one way that we can be a bad influence to the world around us. We're supposed to be different. Uh, we're supposed to be set apart. And our lives should be uh, in contrast with how the world's living. And if it's not, then our influence is bad for them. Okay. Um, and... How are you, if Jesus talked about this, you know, we are the light to the world. Yeah. Uh, we're the salt of the earth. We've lost that saltiness. If we're not different, then we're not good for anything. We're not good for the purpose that, that Christ has called us for. Are we different? Are we salty? Are we, can, are, or can you tell a difference from us and the world? And if you're not, you're not the influence you should be. You're not what God wants. Right. Yeah. yeah, which, uh, you know, we're not going to win souls for Christ if we're, you know, we're just living how the world lives uh, five days a week. And then on Sunday, also, we're just the most pious person you've ever seen in your life. It's just, uh, you know, people will see that. People will see the hip- hypocrisy and then they'll call you out on it. Even though there may be, you may just do this one little bitty thing different when you're in, in public. But people see that as, you know, if you're saying this is wrong right now but then you go ahead and do this it's people the world will latch on to any hypocrisy or perceived hypocrisy they can find to say well i'm not going to do that because this guy's a hypocrite so we just have to make sure that we that's right you have to live when you set forth the standard kyle people are going to look for that inconsistency to discredit what you're preaching or what you're you're espousing let's just say that somebody's a big fitness nut and uh you know a nutrition maniac and you know they're on to you about your diet you know you're not mm-hmm. eating enough sawdust and uh <laughs> and uh, drinking enough spring water you, you know blah blah and then you see them in line for a cheeseburger yep. you go well i'm not going to listen to anything he has to say because he's right. not consistent right and if we're not consistent in our lives as well people are looking for opportunities to discredit us and it only takes one instance of that and all of the preaching all of the uh, teaching that we've done will be in vain it will be discredited because we're not consistent sure yeah yeah Yeah, you know also jacob i was thinking i thought about it whenever kyle was talking you know in the parable of the two men that went to the temple to pray in luke 18 um it says in verse 10 two men went up into the temple to pray the one a pharisee and the other a publican the pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself god i thank thee that i am not as other men are extortioners unjust adulterers or even as this publican I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be, exhaust, shall be exalted. Um, and I think what's important about that is, is that we need to be humble. Um, in this case, 
you've got these two men that went up to pray, and this Pharisee, you know, he didn't really ask for anything in the first place. He just told God how great and wonderful he was. Uh, and then he said, I'm just thankful I'm not like this this publican here. You know, he's terrible, but I'm thankful that I'm not like him. Um, and, and so the whole point there is uh, that we ought to be doing the things that we do with humility. Um, we're not superior to the world around us. Uh, really, the only difference between us and the world is, is that we've taken advantage of Jesus' sacrifice and obeyed the gospel. I'm not better than anybody else. Um, and so, you know, I, I think in, in a lot of times I think people perceive that, whether that's fair or not. I think people in the world, you know, say that people that are religious look down upon me. And, and that's not our goal. I mean, uh, we're, we're, we ought to be humble and we ought to be showing them a good example by saying, listen, we're, we're not any better than anybody else, but this is what we ought to do. God wants us to live this way. And so we need to do that. And we need to be a good example that way. And when we're humble about it, I think people will appreciate that. It'll be more well-received. Yes. All right. Um, Nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Questions at college dot com. Be consistent. Live what you proclaim. If you're not living it, you are not going to be the influence you should be. In fact, and if you're not being a good influence, you're going to be a bad influence. Got to live it in the world around us. People are watching us. We've got to be aware of that. All right. Why don't we get a break and get this week's bullet point? When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. How can I be a bad influence in the church? Let me tell you, there are lots of ways that you can be a bad influence in the church. The scriptures give us a long list of ways that we can be a bad influence in the church. And uh, we want to talk about that when we get back. Uh, What if everybody was just like me? In other words, what if everybody was following the example that I'm putting forth? And this is a newsflash maybe that we need to think about. People are following our example. And people are acting like we act. And so uh, we need to talk about that. Don't go anywhere in the back. We'll be back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. There seems to be a lot of confusion concerning the grace of God. We believe that a lot of error has been taught on the subject. A preacher was recently heard to say, quote, We are not saved by the right stance on any doctrinal issue, but rather by the grace of God. Do you get it? He's saying that it doesn't matter what you believe or practice on any Bible subject. God's grace covers all. We deny it. We've often said that grace is the unmerited or unearned love and favor of God. That seems to be a fair and accurate definition. Now, let's be sure we understand it. Consider this example. Say I make the following offers to two different individuals. To fellow number one, I say, wash my car and I'll pay you $5. To fellow number two, I say, come to my house and I'll give you $5. Is there any difference here? Of course there is. If you don't think so, just ask these two fellows. Individual number one has to work to earn his $5 as he washes my car. But fellow number two receives a gift. The first fellow has to earn his $5 by doing meritorious work. But the second fella illustrates a gift given on the basis of meeting a condition. The condition was come to my house. He doesn't do anything to deserve the $5. It's a gift, but he must meet the condition of coming to my house to receive it. Salvation is the product of God's grace. There is nothing that you can do to earn it. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says. However, there are conditions you must meet in order to receive it. Conditions like confessing our faith, Romans 10 verse 10, and repenting and being baptized for the remission of sins, Acts chapter 2 verse 38. 
So then, yes, you must be right in matters of doctrine in order to be saved. These doctrinal matters are God's conditions in order to receive his gift of salvation. It's still a gift, not earned. It is by God's grace. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the virtual Bible study. Reminding this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. And there's a little video uh, feed you can find on YouTube, Kyle. Yeah, which well, not on this channel. It's uh, on our College View live stream channel. You can just search in your YouTube search bar. You'll find us pretty easy. Just type in College View. We should pop right up. Uh, but uh, a lot of a lot of good studies on there. We're going through the Old Testament uh, Bible characters, uh, character studies on Wednesday nights, and studying the Book of Luke on Sunday morning. Yeah, and some sermons. We're putting out uh, two sermons uh, every Sunday. It's a good it's a good addition to your study. So yeah. Check it out. College U live stream. You don't even have to pay a subscription fee. It's Ooh, all on there. It's all free. All right. Can't find any better. All right. Um, we're uh, talking about the f- idea of influence tonight, asking the question if everyone was like me. And the fact of the matter is people are patterning their life after me. Um, and so uh, if everyone was like you in your family, uh, would they have the love of God's word that they should have? Would they have priorities like they should have them? Would they be praying like they should? If the world was more like you, would it be motivated to be different? Uh, And then in the church, uh, Josh, what about that? This is perhaps even some area where we have the most influence. Yeah, uh, Jacob, in this, we talked about attendance uh, a little bit ago. And in this outline, uh, you know, when I first put this together, I was really wanting to talk about attendance. And so I tried to ask some pointed questions. And so... You know, the the questions that I asked were, if every member were like me, how often would we have services? You know, would we just have services on Sunday morning? Or would we even have Sunday evening services? Would we even have a Wednesday night Bible study? Would we even, or would it just be once a month or just a few times a year? Uh, You know, if everybody is going to follow my lead, if everyone were like me, how often would they show up to the services? And I think that's a good question to think about because if I look at myself and, and I say, well, I, I show up about twice a month, well, then if everybody did what I did, then half of the month, nobody would be meeting to worship God. Is that a good thing? And I think anybody would say, oh, obviously not. But, you know, I, I need to be making sure that I'm there if, unless I'm sick, if I'm not able to come, obviously. Mm-hmm. But worshiping God's important, and he asked us, uh, he commanded us to do that, uh, and we need to do that to uh, – to worship him, to build each other up, encourage one another. And if our influence is, is such that we don't even show up, uh, that shows we've got we've got some uh, attitude problem, a heart problem. Um, and if everybody were like me, that should make us think, you know, I need to do better. Uh, and, and I need to be improving upon that. And that's just one example. Attendance is just one example. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can do to affect our brethren for good or bad, and obviously we want to, we want to be a good influence. Yes. Um, all right. Um, I tell you what, um, uh, lots of ways that uh, that we can be a bad influence. I think we can be a bad influence by uh, not standing up uh, in the face of persecution when times get tough. Um, I think others will look to us in, when things are difficult, 
and see how we respond. Do we back down or do we uh, do we stand strong? Right. Um, That's right. What about in uh, taking a stand for matters of morality or matters of doctrine? Can I be a bad influence by the way that I take a stand or don't take a stand? Sure. I think uh, we can learn some of that uh, about that in uh, Exodus chapter 32. In the instance of the golden calf, um, Aaron, I believe, was in the mode of being a compromiser in the matter of the golden calf. Look at this with me in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, beginning verse 1. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, and the, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that we sh- that shall go before us. For as this for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast of, to the Lord. Now, this is interesting. Moses or Aaron's got, I don't know, a million plus people that are mad, that are angry. Uh, that are that have been difficult already, and now they're concerned that Moses is not coming back, and they're saying, "Hey, listen, we got to have something here. Make us gods to go before us." Aaron, I think, is playing along. I don't think he thinks it's going to go as far as it goes because notice he makes the golden calf in verse four. What they said. This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron didn't take a stand when he had the opportunity to take a stand. He went ahead and made the golden calf. And now as a result of not making the golden calf, they say, this is the God that led you out of Egypt. And notice what Aaron does in verse 5. He tries to bring them back. He says, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord, to Yahweh, to Jehovah God. He's trying to pull them back, but he's already compromised. When he had the opportunity to take a stand, he didn't take the stand. He played along. Right. And then it was too late because he wasn't the influence that he should have been. Right. He was a bad influence. And that happens today. Yeah. Verse 7 there, Jacob, he said uh, to Moses, Thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly. Verse 8. So, yeah. you know, then then when it all came down to it, he said, well, it wasn't me. It was all them. It was all them. I can stand back and say, well, that was them. But, but. I had the opportunity, and I didn't take right. the opportunity to take the stand. Right. And then it's if yeah. I don't take the stand, they're going to go away. Yeah. And they and I have the opportunity. Now they may still go away. That's right. But I have to take the stand. If I'm not, if I'm compromising, I am being a bad influence, and we see it happen all the time. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Take, making being a compromiser. Yeah. Um. So, can I be a bad influence in the church? Absolutely. We talked about Peter. He was. Right. He was a respected person in the church. He did not live like he should, and others, even Barnabas, was led astray. You talk about anybody you would think couldn't be led astray. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, right. the one who had who'd taken Paul under his wing, he was led astray. And uh, and we can be a bad influence in the church. 
Yeah, another thing I thought about was uh, in Proverbs 6 and verse 19, this is in the middle of the seven things that God hates. One of the things that's mentioned, uh, Proverbs 6, 19, is he that soweth discord among brethren. You know, I mean, one of the things that we can obviously do to be a bad influence is a person that sows discord and stirs up trouble. For whatever reason, uh, there are some that just like to be in the middle of something. There's mm-hmm. got to be something stirred up going on all the time. If things are too calm, then I it you know it, it's like it I don't know it just bothers them. I got to have something going, and so trouble is stirred up, and it and there's things are never peaceable, uh, so the flock is never at peace. Uh, God hates that, and obviously that would be a bad influence if we're doing something that God hates, um, and so that could be another way we're a bad influence. We can be a good influence by working to keep the peace. Again, as we've said so many times, and we even <clears throat> talked about tonight, we're not talking about compromising doctrinal things but uh, if it's judgment calls you know i can i can take a step back in order to keep the peace um, and not sow discord among brethren all right uh talk about sowing discord one of the ways we do that is by being a whisperer yeah uh going around talking about others and how much uh, damage has been done in churches because of their whisperers around who always have the latest and always want to yeah. whisper about somebody else talk about being a bad influence there you know that uh, when I'm a whisperer, I'm encouraging someone else to sin along with me. It's not a lot of fun to whisper to yourself. Right. You need to know, you need two other ears to do that effectively too. Yeah. If I'm actively listening, I'm I'm encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Listening or encouraging others to listen. Yeah. Which talking about sowing discord, like sometimes you may not even do it purposefully. Like if you have if you're ignorant on certain topics and you're just like you know this is what you believe, you're just going around just. Uh, trying to spread this doctrine that's false, but then people hear that and they're like, huh, how about that? And then they don't say, well, well, brother, I think you need to, this is, well, let's study about this. This is, you're not, so what if uh, Aquila and Priscilla saw Apollo and like, you know what? Good on that guy. You know what? Do you, man? You know, so uh, I think we need to, with humility, we need to make sure that we're, if we're talking in our, in the congregation or if we're even talking from the pulpit and if we hear error, then you know, sometimes I think out of nicety because we don't want to be rude or for the sake of keeping peace, perceived peace. We're like, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be rude. You know, it's I easy to turn that blind eye, isn't it? it? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I think I've done that to, and I shouldn't have done it in the past. We need and, to take steps. And it is not rude to correct someone when they're incorrect on the word of God. So I think we need to make sure and. And I'm, I, this is something I try to take to myself, too, because sometimes being called out is, man, that can be a punch in the gut. So you'd have to make sure that we're not, that's, yeah, just make sure that we're taking the right steps to make sure that leaven doesn't come in unawares. So, yeah. Absolutely. Josh, uh, other ways I could be a bad influence on others in the church? Yeah, I mean, uh, just, just so many examples. But what about maybe... Um, in spreading the gospel, um, I wanted to reference, and I was just over there and I turned my Bible, uh, in Second Timothy 2, in verse 2, um, <clears throat> of course, Timothy was a, was a young evangelist, and Paul, you know, wrote to him to encourage him in a lot of different ways, but in Second Timothy 2, in verse 2, he says, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Um, So teaching the gospel and passing that on to others. um, So we're talking about being a 
you know, being a, a bad influence. If people were like me, would they be more or less apt to want to teach the gospel and teach truth to others? You know, I think one of the things that we need is people that are willing to teach. And even, even in classes, you know, if we're teaching young people, I think there's so many times where people get to a point and they say, well, you know, I've taught a lot. It's somebody else's turn to go. And then they, they sort of retire from it. I don't want to get that. That's going to take a lot of time and I'm going to have to prepare. And, you know, and they just sort of retire from that. We, we've got to be willing to teach where we're needed and do the work. Uh, and especially if we're not going to step up to the plate and teach when we have opportunities at the church or in the church, uh, you know we're not going to do that out to people we come in contact with uh, from day to day in the world. Uh, and so I think that that's an example of being a bad influence if I'm unwilling to to teach and fill in wherever needed. So how active do I want to be? Right. How much do I want to work? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeu dot com. The chat window. Brian in California says, "I believe in Romans chapter fourteen verse five. It is key that we need to be fully convicted or convinced before differences arise. Two, it is a contention of doctrine, or is it a contention of doctrine or opinion? Many times we rush into such situation without prayer and forethought. Wow." Talk about being fully convinced. I, he says, we, you know, we need to we need to have that firm foundation before the conflict arises, and we can see that over and over again in the scriptures. That if we're not fully convinced before uh, before difficulty arises, we're not going to be effective. We got to make up our minds, and we see that over and over again with faithful people in the Bible. When the moment arises, they're ready at a moment's notice. Right. You don't see the apostles, for instance, getting called on the carpet. And in the beginning of the book of Acts and say, you know what? Oh, give us a give us a couple of weeks. You know, we've been skipping Bible study. We got to, we need to get back to studying a little bit on this before we know what we're going to say. No, they're ready yeah. Yeah. right now. Are we in that kind of state of readiness? Right. Well, the Bible talks us about being ready always to give an answer of the reason that's in us. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, we, we've got to be prepared to if, if we're going to teach people, if we're going to um, try to convert people that are in the world, we've got to be ready. Um, yeah, yeah. so that, that's our job. All right. Let's get a break. When we get back, we need to talk about ways that we can be a good influence on others and then get to the question of, is it possible to live a life that isn't an influence, either good or bad, on other people? Could I live in a vacuum? Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to, uh, to one more break, then we go to the top of the hour. What if everyone was just like me? We're going to find out. I'm afraid that people are going to be just like me. And uh, let's uh, let's be prepared uh, to be that influence we should be. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist? But that's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist, but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith 
in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in Him for salvation by doing what He says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians three seventeen. Now, back to the program. Back on the program, going to the top of the hour, asking a question, what if everyone was just like me? We've talked about ways that we can be bad influences in the world, in our families, in the church. Let's flip that over now quickly before the end of the hour. What way is going to be a good influence uh, in the world? Yeah. Well, Jacob, you know, really, I think I mentioned it earlier. Our standard is the Word of God, and the perfect example has been given to us and provided in the Word of God, and that's Jesus. And I thought uh, that First Peter 2.21 puts it in a good way. It says, For even here and two were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. We've got the perfect example to follow, and if we follow after him, then we will be a good example. In, in all things, in every aspect of life, if we follow after Jesus, we'll be a good example to those around us. Absolutely. Uh, I was... Uh, mindful of First uh, Peter chapter two, verse eleven. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I, the way I live in the world, can be in a huge influence on those around me. Peter says here, abstain from fleshly lust, live a pure life so that when others see the way that you live, that motivates them to want to be better than they are and do differently in their lives. I can be an incredible influence in the world around me. I don't have to do anything great. I don't have to be some kind of superhero. I just live a life that's pure, a life that follows the word of God, and I will be an influence to those around me for good. Right. We mentioned uh, Matthew 5:16 earlier, but Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So Jesus said when, when – and so our goal isn't to go out here and let me do a bunch of good things so people can see how great and wonderful I am. You know, the, the Pharisees and people in the New Testament times had that problem. They wanted to be seen of men, and Jesus said, well, they've got their reward. But as we're doing good, as we're living how God, uh, you know, commands and directs our lives, as we're doing that, people are going to see that, and then they're going to glorify our Father in heaven. And that's what we want to do. We want to live in such a way that when people see us, they see Christ living in us, uh, and they glorify him because of it. All right. Um, and, uh, again, it's nothing, it's nothing uh, that's going to be something superhuman. Just live your life the way you ought to live it. Be a light. When we, and we hear Christians wringing their hands about how wicked the world is and how evil it is. Listen, it's easier to be a light when you're in the dark. That's right. And the world's a dark place. And you can make a difference. People in the Old Testament did in numerous instances in the, in, when the world was wicked, when God's people were wicked. They were going to stand up for what's right, and they made an incredible right. difference. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, talks about um, Abel, who, being dead, he still speaks. Why? Because of the way he lived his life. 
in the way he faced the challenges of his life, he lived in a way that is still an example to us today. Yeah. All right. How can I be an influence for good in the church? Well, again, I mean, some of the things that we have talked about, you know, we need to be faithful in attendance, uh, but also practicing what we preach, you know, and as as we live the way we ought to, people are going to recognize that. They're going to see us being hospitable. They're going to see us teaching. They're going to see us uh, doing right. Uh, They're going to see us, even though uh, we may be persecuted or times may be tough, they're going to see us persevering. And all of those things will be good influences on those that are our brethren. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we talked about Abel. Uh, he he was faithful. He's an encouragement. We uh, talk about uh, living like we should with conviction, not compromising, standing for the truth, standing for what's right, regardless of the cost, being willing to pay the price. That will be an influence to those that were around for good. Being committed to the spread of the gospel. Um, uh, those in Thessalonica were an example to others. In First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sound out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so we need not to speak anything. They were committed to evangelism. And you've known Christians, I've known Christians who were committed to that. They were a great example and encouragement to those there around. Yeah. I was thinking about the Bereans in Acts 17 and verse 11. It says that these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. Um, so they were committed to not just not just taking in whatever's uh, said, but actually studying it, making sure it's right. And, and I don't know about you, Jacob, but I, when I'm around people that have studied the Bible and, and you can tell by what they're talking. Yeah. They've, they've had their nose in the book that encourages me because uh, it makes me want to, it makes sure. me want to study more too, so that sure. I can know what they're talking about. You know, sure. we can be on the same page. And then sure. if a question or topic comes up, so, Hey, you know, I studied about that. I can, I can tell you what these verses say about that. And that's sort of, that's sort of contagious. And when we're around our brethren that have, have that kind of mind, um, you know, that, that encourages us and urges us to, to study more and be better and be more knowledgeable. All right. What about in our families, Josh? How can I be a good influence in my family? Yeah, some of the same things carry over. But uh, I think I think one of the things that comes to my mind is just um, making time for spiritual things. Um, you know, we, we have chores to do around the house. You know, we've got to go to work. we got to do do. Household chores, we got to make sure the kids are in school. We've got to make sure they're keeping their rooms clean. We got to make sure everybody's fed, bathed, clothed. There's there's so many things going on in uh, any given time, and everybody's situation is a little different. Um, but am I, no matter my circumstances, am I taking time for spiritual things? You know, when I was in college, there was um, a situation. I remember that uh, there was an older uh, lady uh, at the church that I was visiting at the time in college. And she had some friends come to see her on a Sunday evening right before the time to services to start. And and she had to leave like in 15 minutes when they showed up. And she told them, I remember her telling them, I've got to go to services. You can come with me, but I've got to leave to go to the services. Uh, and they didn't come with her. They left. They were kind of like, we just got here. You, you sure you can't just miss? I mean, it's just one Sunday evening. And 
And so they were probably upset because their priorities weren't right. But she was a good example because she made time for uh, spiritual things. That's yeah. a good example. You know, I mean, I'd love to sit and talk with you, but going to the services is the most important thing. And so that's what I've got to do right now. And you can come with me if you want to, but if not, I've got to go to services. All right. Living like you're supposed to live is going to be an example to those around us. I'm thinking about First Corinthians chapter 7 uh, when we think about being a good example uh, to the family. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, uh, or if the unbelieving husband, uh, verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 7, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if, um, um, verse 16, for how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Talking about a believer who has a spouse who's an unbeliever. And the message is, hey, live like you should. You're going to be an example to your husband or your wife and your children if you're living like you should in your family. Now, that's in the extreme example where you have a spouse who's an unbeliever. How much more so in a family where both spouses are believers and trying to live like they should? How much more of an influence can you be on each other and on your children? Right. Yeah, I mean, so... So the thing is, is that life is going to be difficult and there's going to be challenges. But if you have, in this case, uh, spouses that are working together to try to make it to the ultimate goal of heaven, then, you know, they've got somebody to rely upon and they're going to be on the same page when it comes to children and and raising them and pointing them that that direction. Uh, so it just makes everything better. Yeah, if we're, if we're living right and our spouse is living right, if we're being a good example, even if our spouse isn't, but we are. That's what we're supposed to do, and we can be a good example. And hopefully, ultimately, like in this case, you could you could uh, persuade them to become a Christian if they're not by your uh, good conduct. All right. Um, lots of ways that we can uh, be um, uh, examples uh, if we're living like we should, a good example in the world, in the church, in our families. And so that gets us to the question, Josh, can I live in such a way where I could just not be an example. You know, this this idea of being a good example, it seems a little bit too stressful to me. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's just too much work. Could I, why don't I just work so I'm just not an example? I'm, yeah. I, I don't want to be a bad example, uh, but it's so hard to be a good example. I just want to be sort of neutral. I don't want to be an example at all. Right. Well, I think you've already pointed out that that's not possible. Um, but in Romans 14, beginning at verse 7, Paul said, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But verse verse 7 is the main point there. None of us live to ourselves, and none of us die to ourselves. My life is going to affect people. Uh, we, we are in the world, and there's people in my family people that I work with, people that I see at the grocery store. I'm going to affect people by the way I live. And the fact of the matter is it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. Unfortunately, at times, probably in everybody's life, it's been bad. Uh, but our goal as Christians is to, to be good and, and strive to be better uh, and to, to be a good influence. And so that's what we've got to do. We don't live in a vacuum. You know, there's no way I can just say I'm not going to be an influence to anybody. There's going to be even my neighbors, even the people that I don't know that are watching me. They're watching. They they see. 
Yeah, you ever, I mean, you see people when you're out. I mean, you you, you can't not see people. Right. And you see how they're behaving with their kids or with their spouse oh, yeah. or what they're doing. Yeah. People you'll never even know their name. You see. Right. And guess what? People who never know your name. That's right. See how you're living, how you interact with your spouse, how you interact with others. Hopefully they see us doing. being different from yeah. the majority of the people that are around. Yeah. So it is impossible, I'd say, Kyle, to live where you were not going to be some type of influence. I'd say even if we were striving to live the most silent life possible, if we came in five minutes before the church service to start and left as soon as they ended, you may think you're not having your influence, you're pulling your influence away. But if you see somebody doing that, that you're you're obviously influencing people. Like, man, they don't want to talk to me, do they? <laughs> like, they see me coming, they just like they just do. You know, they just run for the door as soon as they get here. They're here and then they're gone. Yeah. So even that is making an influence on someone. Even if you're yeah. trying to live in a vacuum, purposefully, you're yeah. leaving an influence behind. Yeah. yeah. If I lock myself in my house and, if possible, try to never come out, I'm, I'm still an influence. I'm still mm. people are going to learn from what I'm doing, even or if they don't see me. Hermit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so. We're going to be an influence, Josh. We have to be committed to make sure that, that influence is what it should be. That's right. Yeah, every day we're either influencing or being influenced, both. Uh, and so the question is, are we following good examples and trying to avoid bad ones? Are we being a good example and not being a bad one? Because our lives have an effect on others uh, and others have an effect on us. In fact, we're commanded to be a good example I should not look to crawl into a hole somewhere and not be a good example. Right. Um, Jesus said, Matthew 5, verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We need to be actively trying to be a good example. Find ways that we can let our light shine. And don't be afraid of that. That means that mm-hmm. I'm going to be different because I'm going to be around a lot of people that are dark, but I'm going to have to be bright. I'm going to have to let my light shine so I can influence others. That's right. All right. Good discussion tonight, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Good sir. topic. Appreciate you proposing this tonight. Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. An important topic. Yeah. Got to be yeah, aware. Yeah, if everyone were like me, what what would it be like? That's yeah. good to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, thank you for helping us get it out on the air tonight. It was good. good Glad study. that you're here. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired Word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.